Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Saturday afternoon from the heartbeat of the world, Chicago, Illinois. We're beaming out all over the world. Terrestrially, you go out there and download the app, uh, AM 1160. You can listen to us from anywhere. And here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, sales, um, small business owners with resources, plus community, to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have we got a great one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And I have the pleasure and the honor to to, uh, bring in my guest today, which is an author and a speaker and just a fabulous, fabulous lady. She's got all the answers. I'd like to introduce you to B. Ray. Uh, She has a company that, and by the way, let me tell you about her book, because she's got this fabulous book that made me laugh, because it's called What My MBA Taught Me but that my kids made me learn. <laughs> I think that's terrific. And we're going to get we're going to dive in that cuz she's got some terrific things that she's sharing and teaching and coaching out there. But welcome B. Hi there Bob, so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, B, you're 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 uh, bringing this to us from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina today. How's South Carolina doing? Well, South Carolina is fantastic today and um, we are just they tell us it's the end of summer, but we're not believing it. We still have some boat days ahead, and we're um, really enjoying being here. <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, listen, I always like to let our listeners know, uh, you know, a little bit of your background. So uh, this is one of the fun questions. Did you come out a bouncing baby Christian girl? <laughs> <laughs> I did come from an amazing Christian family, a long heritage of grandparents and parents, Um I truly remember holding a cross when I was four years old in a little like matchbox container and we were moving from Atlanta, Georgia to somewhere in Ohio. It was near Cleveland, Ohio, but I didn't know anything about Ohio at the time and I was leaving uh, family and cousins and friends and um, I just remember holding on to that cross and a scripture in this tiny little matchbox and feeling a sense of peace when I had that. So that's my earliest memory of having faith in getting comfort from Christ in a confusing or uncertain situation. Uh, I would love to tell you that um, I've been obedient, uh, perfectly obedient ever <laughs> since, and I never wavered. Um, not yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, my walk has had all sorts of opportunities and challenges and growth. And that has been a, a wonderful thing to teach me that uh, education and contacts and resources and finances and people um, can be fine, but really nothing has shaped my life like my faith. So that had to be a little traumatic going from Atlanta to Cleveland, Ohio. 
(laughs) (laughs) I remember we have a rule in our house and my kids, I still have this from being four years old, remembering that rule. And now my children are taller than me. But the rule is that we never walk with hands in the pockets of our jackets because um, when we were moving to Cleveland, Ohio in the middle of the winter and every parking lot was covered in ice. My brother had his hands in his pockets because his fingers were cold and he slipped on the ice and bang, cracked his head open. Um, And so (laughs) that was just an obsession that we had in the family, which was you can wear mittens, but you may never, ever, ever have your hands in your pockets uh, when you're walking. And um, my kids, of course, think that I'm crazy, but those are the rules. So Yeah, I love it. So how long were you in, in, in Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, through third grade. So okay. whatever that is, four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to say I'm from wherever you're from. That's okay. usually true, Bob. So uh, I ended up living in 13 homes. Wow. Uh, my father made uh, worked at Ford Motor Company and ran okay. Ford Motor Company plants. And okay. I, they have this philosophy, obviously, of sort of like pollinating and moving people around. So uh-huh. I think IBM at those time was uh, referred to as I've been moved. Right. <laughs> had a similar um, philosophy and my childhood included New Jersey, Ohio, California, St. Louis, Virginia, and I <laughs> continued that <laughs> if you will, as, a, as an adult in San Francisco and Boston and Munich and now the Ooh. South Carolina coast. So, so I'm, I'm not great at uh, staying put, but I'm learning. <laughs> but you're adaptable, right? <laughs> and you're very adaptable. Yeah. I, I, I too was a corporate refugee and moving six times and, uh, in my adult life. So I, I hear what you're saying. I don't, ha- you've got a record at me. There's no way, you know, all those times. Hey, well, listen, you know, as you were growing up and get what the talk to us about your, your faith walk as you started to get older, you know, as a adolescent and older and in, in, into your early adulthood, how, how was that working for you? Well, it, my parents did a great job of making church and really their faith. You know, they had actually rejected the church that they had grown up in um, mm-hmm. feeling that was too uh, structured and too many rules that people didn't follow. So mm-hmm. in their view, it was sort of hypocritical. And um, and what that translated into for me was at least someone who would communicate a personal relationship with there Christ. And so I am really blessed to have had that. And, and I didn't realize how blessed I was until, well, it's actually something that um, revealed, this revealed to me on a least weekly, if not daily basis today, because I meet so many people who are hearing about Christ for the first time. And so, so anyway, so that's something I had. I took it for granted. I took my role in that for granted. I was not someone who really studied the Bible. I was not someone who understood you know, the, the more time you spend with God, the, built, the the stronger your relationship is, the more you can see in his glory, the more you can have your life directed. And that took me a lot of missteps to start understanding. And uh, but nevertheless, there was a, a faith, a consistency, a safety, a welcome. I felt a, a sense of belonging. And, and that was always, you know, something... I don't know if I knew I treasured it, but looking back on it, I, I see that that's something worth treasuring. Yeah. 
And uh, you know that 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 is did that did that follow you through school because college because a lot of uh, you know guests we've had before and in even this year you know that was kind of the wandering years as far as their faith goes. Did you experience that at all? You know, Bob, I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say on this little okay. podcast, but okay. I was, um, call it a blessing, I was pretty wayward at age 12. Um, <laughs> so lucky me, by the time the end of high school or even the middle of high school came along and college, you know, I, it, it was time to come back into the fold. So yeah. I, I was blessed to actually get some of that behavior kinks out of the way early. Um I, I still had plenty of growing to do, but mm-hmm. I remember actually three different churches that I attended in my college years. And I, I specifically, and it was because I was seeking. Mm-hmm. There was one right on campus in a beautiful building, and, and I made an effort to go there, even though um, it was not crowded and there was not a lot of personal invitation. But I remember specific messages. I remember coming home to, at the time, Hilton Head. South Carolina and having a very intellectual pastor that I remember feeling, wow, I just learned this thing last week in art history. Thank God my college is preparing me for church on Sunday. You know, it's a really kind of fun experience. <laughs> I, I always tease that pastor Felix Haynes. He was he was just super intellectual. <laughs> Uh, and I remember in particular a church that meant a lot to me. I, I lived in a apartment. It was probably my senior year in college. And I probably wasn't going to church that much at the time until fall. And I remember the leaves falling off. I was looking out at what I thought was just the forest in my back, you know, behind the apartment complex. And all of a sudden, these trees that had been so lush turned orange. That was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, they were empty. And as mm. I did that, I saw all these cars coming up a driveway. And and I thought, well, where are they going? And they came every Sunday. And I started to attend this church right behind my home and the God did, did a work in that time period. And that was a really special thing. But I I specifically remember those kind of trees opening up that vision for me. So I still, again, had decades more of learning and growing to do, but um, I'm not sure where I would have been if I didn't have some of that foundation guiding me through college. Yeah, that's great. And uh, folks, you got to stay tuned for us because next uh, in the next segment, we're going to really kind of unwrap uh, B's extensive experience and then what's uh, right up to what's leading her into what she's doing now. So she's got a heck of a story. You got to stay tuned, okay? But I also wanted to um, acknowledge one of our new sponsors. I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as our sponsor, Faith Marketplace. Uh, They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website, which is new. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission of helping small mid-market businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. Uh, With the vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. Go out and check them out. We encourage you to check them out at inboundstudio.studio. So that's inboundstudio.studio. Give them a shout-out out there for being our sponsor. I'd really appreciate it. And go out and check us out, too, out on our website at faithmarketplace.com. we got lots of good stuff out there. And in the next segment, I'm going to give you another announcement about some of the things you can check out while you're out there at Faith Marketplace. 
Another thing is get out there and check us out, samuraibizgroup.com. We're going to be right back with my special guest, B. Ray. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, B. Ray. Uh, she is the author of What My MBA Taught Me, But What My Kids Made Me Learn. I think it's fabulous. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But B., you know, at a young age, you really started out of the gate after you graduated school, didn't you? As far as your uh, some of the jobs you had, but... Uh, particularly uh, becoming a CEO of an international company. What was that all about? Well, that was um, wonderful and a little bit crazy. Uh, I did, as soon as I graduated in 1990 from Emory University, I, I was very blessed to just sort of be thrust into a sales environment that morphed into launching a product. Um, and, and so I had so many very well-educated, super smart friends, but they kind of started in uh, a very, very junior role in a big company. Mm-hmm. And I actually started in a tiny company. And because of the organization of the company, I had more opportunity to, to grow and change. And I, I didn't have the kind of oversight that I often actually recommend 20-year-olds go get because they can yeah. get experience and training. And, and I was more forging my own way, which had its benefits as well. And then what ended up happening is I moved to a a little bit larger company in California. And what we were doing is we were licensing software. We were uh, the neutral third party between someone who bought and sold software. Mm -hmm. We held on to the source codes, like the recipe of the software. In the event the software developer defaulted on support or went out of business, then we would follow these contractual obligations to release the source code to huge Mm -hmm. companies like United Airlines or Delta or just different organizations that needed this expensive software. Mm -hmm. So I was the West Coast manager, uh, sales manager, and five people in the company were older than I was uh, and been with the company much longer than I had been. And I I didn't mean to sort of jump over them, but I had an opportunity to leave. And at the time I I received an acceptance letter to Harvard Business School. I got a, I was pulled in, the chairman of the board said, B, you've been accepted to a very exclusive club. And I said, (laughs) yeah, it's really great. And then he said, I want to invite you, you know, you've been accepted to Harvard Business School. I want to invite you to a more exclusive club. And Uh I thought, all right, John, what, what, what is this? And he said, those who turn down Harvard Business School. Oh. Yeah, so that was his sales pitch. And I said, absolutely no way. He offered me the job as CEO. They were in the process of replacing this CEO. Um, it was This is a common thing in business that you know, right. is that the founder of 20 years wanted to sell the company. And it's really hard to sell a company with the existing founder. And so they needed to show a few years of success with a different CEO. And they felt that that was something I could do because I was doing well in sales. And they also (laughs) felt that would keep me from leaving. And like I said, I was doing well in sales. They didn't want my portion of the sales to go away. So 
I said, no, no, absolutely no way. I need this. And then within two weeks, I turned around and said, yes. So I was 27 years old. I was running a little more than $5 million company. We had probably 30 people across five different locations. It it was certainly a big job for a 27-year-old and probably a big job for me today. And it surprisingly went really well. So... But That's then you true. did decide to go to, to get your MBA then, right, after that? Well, it, that was really hard um, to say goodbye to that. And when I said goodbye to it, it wasn't like it was delayed or, um, you know, sort of guaranteed. And uh, about almost a year and a half into this position, I had back surgery. Mm. And, you know, it's pretty hard to be 28 years old and they cut your back open. He says, yeah, you look mm. more like you're 82, um, something wow. like that. But I remember lying down and looking up at the sky or the ceiling and just thinking, what have I done? You know, what, <laughs> what am I doing here? And the U.S. News and World Report magazine comes out and there's a picture of the new Harvard dean. And what I hadn't told you is Harvard was the only school I applied to. And Harvard uh-huh. was the only school I applied to because I realized right. it was the easiest school to get into. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It was the easiest school to get into. It was the only school in the country that didn't make you take the GMAT. And I uh, was terrified of that GMAT. Okay. Well, the cover of the magazine says, and now <laughs> the dean is requiring the GMAT. Oh, boy. And I cried and cried and cried. But I did reapply and I was accepted. And this time I didn't give it up. Okay. That's great. <laughs> that is great. Well, you had quite a bit of experience here, and I wanted to set that up for the for the audience, too, that, you know, as you progress through your career, uh, let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. The other questions, too, be, uh, because you were a young rising star and all that. Where was some of the, was there any challenges from a faith standpoint as you were coming through all that? That's pretty heady stuff. Um. There certainly were challenges. Um, Faith, I've always kept up until recently, my faith as a part of my life, but not, um, you know, I didn't mix it with my Mm -hmm. business. Um, Uh. And so I now have met so many people that really impressed me about sort of using the the marketplace as a mission field, but that's not something I have generally done. I have had many opportunities where I've just had to remove myself from situations, Mm -hmm. from meetings, um, from sales opportunities, because it, it wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, And, and and I, I probably come to that from my Christian values, but I I have friends of other faiths who would have come to those same conclusions. It simply Mm -hmm. just wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. So um, what I think is interesting is a company that I ended up much later working for because they had a, a different leader worked for five years to try to recruit me. <laughs> and, and I was really young. Um, and I guess I was working for a competitor and, and there wasn't like a legal, you know, uh, limitation to not go work for them. Different market, different, um, you know, there, there wasn't a contractual non-compete or anything like that. But the CEO had been married four times, um, had just lived a life. Now, that's a really hard thing for me to say to you now because I have a failed marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't mean to approach it in sort of a judgy way, if you will. It was more, I knew I was young. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to surround myself with people 
that I wanted to be. I wanted to be like certain people. And so it wasn't necessarily that I only went to work for Christian leaders, but really for the first 10 to 15 years of my career, I was um, very intentional about working for people who not only could teach me a great deal about business, but could teach me a great deal about life. And Mm. they were great parents. I mean, I remember this guy walked his daughter to school every single morning and I couldn't Mm. wait to go work for him because I wanted to have a child who wanted to walk to school with me. There you go. That's a great story. So these, these leaders did have an impact on you. Were any of them Christian that you knew? You know, I don't think we really talked about that because it was so separate. I mean, in right. hindsight, the, the gentleman who was walking his daughter was very active in a church, but mm-hmm. he was not, he never sort of preached to me or read scripture to me. Right. He just lived a life. Yep. And interestingly enough, I mean, it's been decades and he will accept my phone call to this day. He's mm-hmm. really been a mentor to me. Well, that's um, great. But he lived a life as a great example. And, yeah. and that I, I was lucky enough to see that. Real, you know, I was actually in my 20s, and, and yeah. I felt that's like how, he yeah, that's how, that's how I came to the Lord, was by three guys that were walking it. I didn't know he, all three of them were Christians. They were all different, uh, you know, business executives that met along the way. And it's like, there's something different about these guys, the way they, they talk, the way they handle themselves, the way you, t- you know, talk to people, and also their family life. And I, I was just drawn to that. It's like a magnet, and I could see where you'd see that. Because it is about the walk. People watch what you're, how you're walking, don't they? And, uh, I, and absolutely, and particularly young people, and, and, they're watching everybody today. So, well, it's interesting, and and I'm, again, I don't want to get in trouble for this, but you know, <laughs> I, I I'm a mom. My yep. kids uh, are largely escaping this nest as fast as they can. I'm trying to hold on to them, <laughs> but they they're all taller than me. If that gives you any indication, and um, you know, I, I rest on raise them up. Mm-hmm. And they, it will not depart from them, you know, that nothing falls void. And I thought about that scripture so many times and I've thought about, well, that means keep pouring into them, keep pouring scripture into them, keep that. And it was only two weeks ago that God spoke to me a little bit of a different version to that. And Betty basically said is they have it. They have it in them. You, He's not saying keep the word away from them. But I actually am at a place where I almost don't want Christians preaching to my kids. Mm. I just I want you to love on them. I want you to be there for them. I want you to encourage them. But they have unfortunately encountered so many people that will preach God but not live God. Yeah, there you go. That at this point in life, I they're smart and yep. they are watching you. And yep, if you, you want to love on them, yep. praise God and thank yeah. you. But if you want to preach to them, I, I would actually rather you just step aside because it's in my children and they are looking to be magnetized to people <laughs> I love that um, can love on them. I love it. You know, and I love what you, you know, um, folks, what B wants to leave you with today is parenting might teach more about business than an MBA. I thought that was fabulous. And also your faith has taught you a lot. Um, we're going to talk about another thing too here is silence is the most powerful tool in sales. And boy, that says a mouthful right there because God gave you one mouth and two ears. Use them in those proportions, right? <laughs> hey, well, again, uh, this is Faith Marketplace here in Chicago, Illinois, beaming all over the world. We're here every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock on AM 1160. Again, I'm the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group where we coach, teach, and train people on how people buy, not how you sell them. 
And we've got a great track record. A lot of people have gone through our program. So go out and check us out, SamuraiBizGroup.com. We're going to be back here with my special guest, B. Ray. She's got a lot more to her story, and we're going to really dig into something new that she just revealed to me uh, that she's doing down there in South Carolina. Uh, and I, I'm just excited as heck about that. And then also get into her book and some of the tips and ideas there. And also, we got a giveaway for you. So come back. We'll be right back with B. Ray. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, B. Ray. Uh, she's an author, a speaker, and she's also something very brand new that we're gonna, I'm going to hold it a little bit here for you. But, B., I want to get into your book because you've got some great bits in here. And also, we're going to have a giveaway of one of your chapters. But, um, what, you know, tell us about the book and what was the inspiration for that? Sure. Thank you so much. So I am blessed. I have been involved in starting several companies. Um, many have suffered very painful deaths. Uh, <laughs> some have had a de- decent exit, and one in particular had an exit that afforded me six years off to be a stay-at-home mom. And I chose to do that on a bridgeless island on the South Carolina coast. So I really turned off the world, if you will, and we drove around only in golf carts. My children were three of 17 in the school, the entire school. Uh, I raised them in an African Baptist church down a dirt road. I mean, we really um, had a wonderful time. But at the end of that six years, it, it was time for me to go back and get in quotes a real job and, you know, make some money. And um, I remember thinking, I, I have no skills. <laughs> I had lost all confidence in what I might be able to bring to a corporate environment and just started to just be shaken in my confidence. And so I ended up uh, with an incredible job. And right when my confidence was down, my career took off. It was super surprising. And we were uh, coaching and helping 300 entrepreneurs. I was working for an economic development office in uh Savannah, Georgia. We were hosting uh, venture capital meetings and we helped people on podcasts and TV shows and and get their business um, up and running. And so I kept asking myself, why are people thanking me every day? What (laughs) what are we doing that's helping them? And then I asked myself the the most important question, which was, where did I get the skill Mm. for this to take off? Where did I learn to help them in this way? And when I asked that question, I was surprised by my own answer. It was not that I had attended Harvard Business School. It was not that I had had a decade uh, or more working with entrepreneurs. Over and over again, the answer to how I facilitated this conversation or how I navigated that negotiation or how I was able to articulate the vision for a pivot over and over again, it was that I had been a parent. Oh, I just thought, okay, someone else needs to hear this because I always hear people say, oh, I, but I don't have that education. I don't have this thing. And, and right. um, anyway, so that's what happened is I started to think about, well, where was that true? And what did that look like? And just started to write it down. And, and here we are. I love it. Well, you've got some subjects here that I want to pick at a little bit too. Uh, save six hours a week. That's part of the training that you offer folks. What's that about? How do you save six hours a week? How'd you come to that? Well, um, I use a couple technology tools. And before I go to the how, I'll just tell you the why. Is okay. at one point, 
I had what's called my own Cindy Lou Who moment. <laughs> and um, this is important for Christians to hear because yep. my guess is I'm not the only one listening who's had a bad day before. Yeah. We're entrepreneurs <laughs> and, and God likes to show off and get us out of our bad days. But yep. uh, I have a failed marriage. It left me with $700,000 of personal debt. Mm. It was um, something I went back to four different times since I'm very committed to the idea of marriage, but eventually it was time to move on. And, um, but before you know, trying to manage this debt, I, I'm stubborn. And so mm. I wanted to dig myself out of this hole mm. and I wanted to save things. I wanted to stay in our house. And we um, were eight months behind on our mortgage. And I had this house that we, I mean, we had self-painted tiles or finger prints were mm. on the tiles in our backdrop of the, you know, the backsplash in the kitchen. So we were never going to leave this house. Mm. Uh, I had Bible stories painted along the fireplace. Mm. And it turns out mortgage company didn't care about that. Right. Amazing. <laughs> and so I got really stubborn and I started renting the house out week by week by week. And in the summer, a 15 week summer, and every week is basically equivalent to a mortgage payment. And so mm. what was happening is um, I said to the kids still thought of this as the great adventure. You know, Mike yeah. always thought, well, we went to the lake and we went to the beach and we went and really um, this was this wonderful summer. Well, my daughter one day sees me, we were staying in a sort of dilapidated place so that I could rent out our fancy house. And she sees me hanging up the laundry because the washer and dryer are not working. Mm -hmm. And I remember she said, this isn't vacation. Is it, Mom? <laughs> well, Jess, and I call it my Cindy Lou Who moment because at that moment, it felt like I was Santa Claus shoving the tree up the chimney and I'd been caught by Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> and um, so, so in that moment, I had to come to terms with the fact that indeed the marriage was over. Indeed, it was time to start fighting out of this, you know, $700,000 of personal debt. Mm -hmm. It is now gone. Um and what happened was I had to work three full-time jobs in okay. three years. And, and I was the sole parent to these three kids um, mm -hmm. and sole provider. So I learned to uh, save time by doing things like having an automatic calendar. Mm -hmm. I never, ever spend a minute saying, hey, Bob, do you want to talk Tuesday? Do you want to talk Wednesday? Do you right. want to talk at one o'clock or three o'clock? I say, I'd love to speak with you. My calendar is below. And there that saves me a tremendous amount of time. Yep. Um, the other thing I do is I learn to time my emails. So every um, evening, maybe 10 o'clock, I'll be watching a movie and I would be, um, you know, cutting and pasting and reaching out to people based on email or following up on email. The kids are in bed. But when I wake up in the morning, I've got 20 to 30 emails that will go out starting at eight o'clock. So right. if I only pay attention to my kids till 10 a.m., nobody knows. And right. that would be true for all two or three of the jobs. Mm -hmm. Usually I had to kind of be focused or be on a phone call for one of them, but the emails were going out for the other ones. Right. Um, so that was a second trick. Uh, and then a, a third kind of combo trick is that I tape record many of my phone calls. I always get permission. And then uh, I do it through a conference line. You just do freeconferencecall.com and star nine. And now that I have a recording, that allows me to empty the dishwasher while I'm 
on my phone call or fold <laughs> the clothes go. or do something like that because right. I'm managing the children. Right. And then I would upload it and have it ma- machine transcribed. Oh, that's great. So I still have the notes, but I can cut and paste those into my CRM. And so all of those things together actually probably saved me much more than six. Um, but it was just two of those tools and I timed it and it was six hours a week that I was saving. Well, I want to get into something here that obviously is paying all this off and all your experience and everything like that in the announcement that you shared with me that you are now a new chair for Convene, which is a B2B Christian leader group, Christian owners group, which I uh, was in C12, which is the counterpart of that for a decade. So why don't you tell us real quick, briefly, what led you to join Convene? Well, it is really amazing. So I've been a small group speaker for about the last 18 months. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this funny little thing called uh, global pandemic. Um, It really (laughs) got in the way of big conferences where I had been speaking. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I was invited to be a convened speaker and a Vistage speaker. Um, I truly love both of those companies. And I have Mm -hmm. spoken to over 600 CEOs around the country um, And each time I think I love these people and I want to be connected to them, but there's, there are groups of, you know, eight to 12 people at a time. And so by the next day and the next day, you kind of forget Mm -hmm. who was that marketing person back in Denver. Right. And what I realized is I want my own group and I don't want 40 people to pour into or 600 because I can't do it at the level I want to. I want my own group of 12, maybe 15 CEOs that I go to bed thinking about that I can introduce to my network that I can grow up. And I I've just been blown away by the high level of business acumen and, and content with convene. And I, it's beyond my wildest dreams that, that you could learn Harvard business school level <laughs> content and see how it just dovetails perfectly with Jesus. And, yep. and I'm, I'm just on fire and excited. I am so excited for you, B, because I know what it did for me, what it did for my business and turning around and really helped me run a godly business and understand too that it's God's business. It wasn't mine. I was a steward of that. On occasions I've had at speaking engagements and predominantly Christian groups, I would introduce them to who I report to, and that is God is the chairman of my company, Jesus Christ is the CEO, and the Holy Spirit's the COO. With those guys for me who could be against me, and then I'd hold up the Bible and I'd say, here is my my business Bible, basically, that is also uh, my you know the workbook for my, my business, because everything you need to know is in there. So I'm just thrilled for you. I can't believe we're running out of time again here, folks. But you want to get out there. You want to you text me at 312-210-0603. And B is giving away, a and with the keyword gratitude, she is giving away the fifth chapter of her book. So you text me at 312-210-0603. You're going to get a copy of the fifth chapter of her book. It'll be electronically given to you. And um, you've got to reach out and do that, okay? So, again, 312-210-0603, keyword gratitude, and we're going to get in your hands chapter five of her book. And i got to tell you, it is jam-packed with all kinds of goodies. Some of the subjects there is strategic silence in sales, referrals to revenue, 97%, vision from direction to dollars. I love this one. Focus, stop spinning. <laughs> That's really great. Well, listen, we're going to be back here on the next segment with a mystery subject that B and I are going to roundtable. 
So you're going to have to stay tuned, and you want to get out there and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. We've got lots of goodies out there, some new announcements that we're making uh, about uh, also a group that I've gotten affiliated with here in Chicago, and we're starting up some really cool stuff here. But that's going to go nationwide, and you're going to really want to know more about that, and that will be out there on the website also for you to check out. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to be back here with B. Ray. Uh, an author, a speaker, and now a brand new uh, convene chair of a group down in South Carolina. And I know she's going to bring it. Uh, those guys are so lucky to get her because she is going to be absolutely one of the top leaders in convene. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey again, I'm back here with B. Ray as my special guest today, and we're going to roundtable a conversation called Pathways or Travel, and those intersections where God has really intervened or has put people in our path. And B., I'm going to start you off because you got a great story about uh, your current marriage, okay? Well, thank you so much, Bob. Yeah, um I am blessed. I am married to an incredible, faithful man, Jeff Isaac. And people ask us all the time, you know, ask me, how did you meet? Where did you and Jeff meet? And what I say, and I know to be true, is that we met where the Australian outback intersects with the North Carolina mountains. (laughs) I love that. So I was uh, had some opportunity to take my work on the road. I was with four teenagers for three months in Australia. Uh, that trip was a little bit um, crazy. I'm not wealthy, but my children actually moved us out of our home, uh, put things in storage. They were the ones that did a lot of the coordinating uh, so that we didn't pay rent for four mm, months. And okay. therefore, we were able to take that money that would have been rent and cable and electricity and all that and allow us to do this extensive, amazing travel. And what ended up happening was I found Hillsong. And I didn't mm. know Hillsong prior to that. We figured who they were literally the week before we left. They had a movie come out. And we ended up going to nine Hillsong locations uh, throughout Australia. Wow. And I just call it my chasing Hillsong. The the mm. message, the music just spoke to me. It started preparing my heart for clearly a marriage. It started healing, um, a really powerful healing in me from some of the trauma I had been through. And lo and behold, there was this wonderful man 3,000 plus miles away finding Christ on top of a hilltop in North Carolina through a Christian men's hike that he now is a five-time repeat offender. So the (laughs) men's hike is really his thing. Um, and, And I cannot tell you, Bob, it's at least once a week, I would argue more often some music statement quote happens in our life and in our marriage that points specifically back to those times in our lives when we, it was a solid year before we actually met. Uh, but I, I just know that that was God um, creating time and space and speaking to us in our own travels that led to us traveling together. Yep. And also finding each other, right? For sure. <laughs> that wasn't a, that wasn't a coincidence. That was God ordained. Uh, I just had the, uh, privilege of uh, my crossing over my 34th year with my bride 
And uh, one of the things we did, well, by the way, she's holding, uh, renewing my contract until my birthday, which is in a couple of weeks. So she said <laughs> she's going <laughs> she's to hold that uh, hold that out yet. But uh, one of the things we did during that is we we, re- we we looked backwards and said, you know, how has God blessed us over these 34 years? What are some of the things that came into our life and things, the events and all that kind of thing? And we had a wonderful time just reminiscing you know, from day one all the way up to, you know, 34 years. And we've been together actually 38 years. But, you know, it's, it was an interesting uh, look backward as to what were those moments and where was God intervening in that? What was he doing in our lives? So uh, I've been very blessed. I feel that also that presence, those people are being put in my path now. And I know that you expressed that also in the interview that <clears throat> this has opened up a new vista for you with Convene and also uh, you know, bringing your faith and work together and understanding that those things coexist, that they aren't set, you know, put out in separate boxes, you know, that we don't bifurcate our life. So maybe you can share with me, you know, as you've experienced some of this now and coming together in your life, what are some of those things that where you see God's intervening and God's coming into your life with some of these new things? Well, he is just really blowing me away. And he, he's a little bit of a show off, I believe. <laughs> he likes to um, put things together that, absolutely couldn't be coincidence uh, and with convene he's just done that time and time and time again um as we've talked about i, I can only really give you time for one example but there was sure. many 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 about how conversations were like oh my gosh how could that be mm-hmm. um and and one was in our training if you will we went through one case and it was by uh, a business expert Vern harnish and yep. out of the you know, 20 years worth of business content that Convene has and it's high quality. The um, the selection of that day, the one we chose had to be Vern Harnish. And, and I just start crying. And the six people around the tables look at me and I said, you know, yes, this is great content. But the reason I am a speaker is because that same person put me on stage of one of his conferences in front of 900 people wow. when he had a change up. Wow. <laughs> and it just was like confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. And God keeps doing that with me. And it's, it's just, it's really powerful and it's encouraging. He goes before us. He walks beside us. He's um, ready for us. Um, and then <laughs> he, he's funny, right? So, so, <laughs> You know, convenient. I only want a small group, and I'm super picky about who I will be inviting to make sure they don't all look alike and you know yep. come from the same background, etc. But God has just said to me over and over again, He has already picked out this group, and there you he has go. Already, yeah. <laughs> there and you so go. I thought, all right, that sounds really good. <laughs> but then He says to me, however, I'm not going to let you know who I've picked out for your group until. <laughs> you spread the message that this is even a possibility with enough people that don't, for whatever reason, choose the peer group or the coaching, but they just need to know that ministry in the marketplace is possible and can thrive. And as you said, is the handbook to success, not uh, some sort of deterrent or reining back. So I just thought that that was funny because it was a little bit, I don't want to pick on God too bad, but it was almost a bait and switch. He's like, I got you, I got you, I got you. But however, you got to read the fine print. And the fine print is I need to just spread the message and you know, right. over whatever period we'll, well figure you know, out. Yeah, you gotta be, we got to be salt and light. And as I think it was St. George, one <laughs> quoted, you know, 
go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary, you know. And I think yes. that's really by our leadership, and I'm, I'm encouraging leaders out there that particularly with young, young people in the workforce today, they're watching you. And if you are a confessed or professed Christian, they're watching your walk. And they're watching that very closely because that's what will impress them. That's where they'll take that skeptic uh, skepticism and wall down because for a couple decades, they've seen people talking one way and walking a different way. And so that is a powerful metaphor for me. And I think that uh, you would agree, uh, be that, you know, training up leaders to be um, walking in with God and showing that and displaying that to not only their employees, but also their vendors and their customers. Because the average um, small business today, and what I learned through when I was in C12, uh, has uh, influence over 1,500 people, okay? That's bigger than most churches. So when you think about that and you look at your business as a ministry, my goodness, what an influence that is, you know? And oftentimes that's not preached from the pulpits, and that's not a disparaging remark, but it's just not. You know, you got the vast majority of congregations got to get up on Monday and go to work. Well, a lot of times they're leaving Jesus in the car. So we are you know, told in Scripture to work with excellence, and that's everywhere, because we can be a shining light, and we can set the standard for what that means to be a Christian out there in the marketplace. Well, B, I can't believe we're out of time already. We could probably talk for another hour or two. And this has been just fabulous. So, folks, I want you to get out there in Texas at 312-210-0603. And we're going to, with the key word, um, gratitude, and we're going to send you chapter five of B's book, what, what My MBA Taught Me, But What My Kids and Faith Made Me Learn. And it's jam-packed full of all kinds of great stuff. I want to again thank B for being my guest today and congratulate her on being a new convene chair down there in South Carolina. Uh, that's fabulous. I know she's going to be outstanding. And those, those leaders down there, buddy, I'll tell you, you guys are lucky. You're going to get a fabulous leader to help you through this navigation of how to bring your faith into work. We're going to be back next Saturday here at noon to 1 o'clock on AM 1160. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.